The Starlight Lounge presents An Evening with the Progressive Box. Oh, what a great audience. Let's dim the lights for this next one. Nope, too much. Ah, there it is. Gotta get things just right. Like Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay and we help you find coverage options that fit your budget. And now, the mood is right. Wait, the lights are back on again. Trudy, can you? And now it's completely dark. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to the Fantrax Radio Network. Fantasy Sports lives here. Hello out there and welcome to the Fantasy World Order Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Presented for the last time by the Fantrax Podcast Network. I am Pat Donovan. Joining me tonight is Joe Saunders. We are jumping ship, I guess. Yeah, well, we're going to... We've decided to move on, and Fantrax has decided to move on respectfully. We appreciate the opportunity, and we've got some exciting news for you guys. We do not have all the details worked out, but keep your eyes on Twitter. Um, We're going to try to keep the same feed, so we don't think you'll have to subscribe or or unsubscribe and resubscribe to a different feed. But just keep your eyes out. We're excited for the move. Um, and we, again, would like to thank Fantrax for the opportunity they gave us. Um, and as far as the show tonight, Nick is going to be joining us belatedly. Um, so Joe and I will be uh, steering the ship momentarily. And Nick is going to jump on. Who knows? Yeah, who knows maybe, when. Maybe 10 minutes. Maybe an hour. Maybe never. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right, so let's kick it off with some news and notes. We only have one uh, major news item tonight, and that involves Shohei Otani. Uh, you know, talk of the offseason, talk of the season, and now talk of the end of the season. He's going to undergo Tommy John surgery a week after the season ends. So he's obviously not going to pitch in 2019. What are your thoughts for Otani as a hitter only for 2019. Sure. So uh, we saw Sano and Gleyber Torres both have this surgery as position players. And I can't recall if Sano came back quickly, but Torres definitely recovered very quickly. Um, so I don't imagine this will hinder him. This will cripple his value. Um Again, the one question I have is why did they wait so long? Uh, we knew about this for a while. Um, them postponing it even further doesn't really make sense. I, I still don't understand what the Angels are doing. But with that said, um, if he can get back on the field, I really don't I don't think it will affect him all that much. Um, he's far exceeding my expectations both as a hitter and a pitcher. Um so once we get a, a better timeline of when he'll be coming back, um, I, I, yeah, I just don't expect a huge, huge impact on his actual play. play. Yeah. I, I mean, I think we've seen that, I mean, sur- somewhat surprisingly, he's been able to even excel with post-injury, it. you know, yeah. with the injury. Uh, and I suppose that makes sense because it's really got, a lot more to do with you throwing. know throwing motion than it does to do with the swinging motion, which lets you know that it's not going to be um, you know a, a major hindrance to him 
next year as a hitter. Now, I do suspect that Otani will climb up draft boards as the year approaches, as drafts approach. You know, I think he's going to start somewhat lukewarm, um, and then people will start to extrapolate and start to believe that, you know, he can put forth a an insane season. I mean, all you have to do is take – you know, I believe he's had about half a season's worth of at-bats at this point. If you double his numbers, I think he's like a 40-20 guy <laughs> with a 290 average. Jesus so I, I, I don't foresee him being any sort of value on draft day. Um, you know, obviously, if he puts together a 40-20-290 season, it doesn't matter where you take him. He's going to be a fantastic value. But um, I don't know that that production is going to, um, you know, maintain itself. So, you know, um, I do think he can be a productive hitter. I, I certainly think that he's got outstanding power. He's got the ability to swipe some bags. I don't think that the um, batting average uh, will maintain itself over a significant sample. You've also got the issue of the angels want to preserve him as a pitcher. So are they going to give him close to full-time at bats? You know, while he's, sort of rehabbing and working his way through this injury from a pitching perspective. That's my biggest I know, there's, question. There's a lot of variables here. Um, and, you know, we really don't know all the answers yet. I mean, the Angels came out and were like, all right, he's going to have the surgery in a week, and then we'll update you when we feel like it. <laughs> that was pretty much the update from the Angels Twitter. Um, thank you, Angels Twitter. Uh, but, you know, I, I think there's a lot to be decided here. So... Yeah, kind of have to wait and see, but uh, I suspect that Otani's going to start early drafts cooled, and then if they say he's going to see a significant number of at bats, his ADP will rise up significantly. Yeah, so that that's my biggest question, right? Like, how do they handle him rehabbing and starting? Right, do they go he's you know starting DH two games in a row, and then he throws a bullpen, and then. You know, he's DHing another two days in a row, something like that. Well, I don't even think he would be throwing until the very end of the year. That's actually probably true. You know, so, I mean, if you think about guys that... It might even be longer than that. Yeah, I mean, guys that get hurt usually in, like, June or July don't reach the majors and start, you know, throwing in significant games. Like, I'm thinking of, like, Michael Pineda. Like, he got shut down, but he was starting rehab starts in, like, late August. And his Tommy John was diagnosed, I think, in, like, June or July of the prior year. So Otani wouldn't start throwing in games, in theory, until, like, maybe the fall league. Sure, sure. I don't even know if he's eligible for that. but Yeah, I guess I meant more like – just like side bullpen sessions or something like that. Not not from the bullpen, sorry. But like, you know, like first he'll start off at 60 feet, then he'll work his way up to 90, you know, or whatever, and, and long, long toss. Um, it's, it's just like stuff like that. Do they, does he play on those days? Are they going to yeah. be set days? Like, I, I don't know. So that's, that's I don't know. I, I mean, I, I can't imagine they're going to play him every day. Yeah, I would be very, very surprised if that was the case. So, like, what, what did what did we set the over? We 
I think we set the over-under at probably around like 350 this past year. Actually, it's probably even less than that. I think you were you and Nick were much less than that. I think I was around 325, yeah. 350, somewhere what, around What did that. he end up getting to? I might. Do you know? Or I think I he's looking? right around 350, but I, that's a guess. Well, let me look. He's at, he's at 351. So do you think oh. he's over that next year? Yeah, I think he's like a four. Yeah, like four twenty. Yeah, four twenty-five, four fifty. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's like a four fifty plate appearance guy. Yeah. So, you know, he's like a. He, he. I don't think they're going to use him as a platoon guy, but I think he's like a strong side platoon guy. I think if you look at like a guy like Daniel Polka, in terms of his plate appearances, I think that's what you're looking at. I think you're looking at like four fifty, four sixty, four seventy in that neighborhood. And I think that's kind of where you max out. I could see him ending up being like a bit better David Peralta of the past with some steals sprinkled in. Like, like maybe not in terms of batting, but well, maybe even like two two seventy to 280 with like 22 home runs and 10 steals. Even with 450, I could see like that being it next year. Yeah, I think I see him. I mean, initially off the top of my head, I see him like a. I'm a bit higher on the power. Like I would put him at like, twenty five. Twelve. Twelve. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think those are like. That's also within the realm of possibility. Yeah. Like it's yeah. gonna and be I think somewhere the around average, there, though. I think the batting like, average is probably about two seventy, two sixty five. Like I, I think you're right. Like people are gonna, people are gonna look and be like, "Wow, in three fifty, he hit twenty one. So that means he's gonna hit thirty two next year." You know? When yeah, they're gonna do more than that. They're gonna see the three and they're gonna say, "Probably 40. not." You know, it's gonna be like, "Probably not. Probably not." Okay, so let's go to good call, bad call. We're going to take a look at some preseason calls that we've made and shout each other out a little bit on some good stuff and some bad stuff. So, Joe, hit me. All right, yeah, so we're going to start good, good. We're going to start – we're in a good mood today. So Okay. Uh, Thanks. Your good call was uh, on Miles Mikolas. So you were far and away the high man. Nick, you kind of got Nick on board midway through. I was never really on board. Um, even even after seeing him, I wasn't really on board. So he fit. He's right now at 192 and two thirds with a 6.54 K per nine, 1.35 walks per nine, sparkling 1.35 walks per nine, and a 2.94 ERA. All very good. He beat his estimators, which is not surprising as a guy that doesn't strike out too many guys. Um, and he just performed very well. Um, the the stuff isn't overwhelming, but he's got a fastball and two breaking pitches, and it's enough to work with. So you did a great job. You believed you believed in the mechanical changes that he made overseas, um, and he was dirt cheap. He was literally free coming in. So if you owned Mikolas, you got value no matter what. So it was an excellent call on your part. Now my question is what's the what's the outlook for him next year? So I I believe that Mikolas has a little bit more um, upside in terms of K potential. Now 
I would expect some regression in the results because even though I liked Mikolas, I didn't like him to this extent. I don't think anybody did. Um, anybody that had him projected for a sub three ERA, um, you know, was extremely, extremely bold. They turned out to be right, but it's probably not a good process. Um, you know, he gives up a lot of contact. So I, I do think that there's going to be some regression there. Um, but I do think that there's going to be some K growth that offsets that. Um, and I, by K growth, I don't mean he's going to jump from, you know, six ish up to nine. And a half, nine. I just think he, he's, I think he's more like a seven and a half kind of caper nine guy. Um, and, you know, I think that's commensurate with his swing strike rate and commensurate with the fact that he does get a good number of call strikes. So, I think that's going to offset some of the regression that's going to come for him. Um, But, I mean, he's in the NL. He's in a good ballpark. Um, The team is relatively good around him. Uh, You know, grounders, obviously, above 50%. That's exactly what you want um, because I think that's where it really starts to make make a difference as opposed to, you know, in that 45% range where you're uh, about a ball profile sort of amorphous. Um, he's a very clearly a ground ball guy. Um, and he's a ground ball guy that doesn't walk anybody, which is uh, an exceedingly rare skill set. Lots of times the guys that get the grounders, you know, you think of Marcus Stroman, for instance, they're, they're, they're pitchers that sometimes walk guys a little bit more than you want them to. Mikolas does not have that problem. So um, I, I do expect that he may be a little overdrafted next year. Um, just based upon the results. Um, I could be wrong about that. You know, the K rate might scare people away. It is possible. But pitching being pretty much a wasteland, I suspect he's going to find his way up boards a little higher than I'm comfortable with. But, you know, I think he's perfectly capable of like a set. I think I would project him probably for like a 7.25 K per nine. Tons of innings and maybe like a three-five ERA. So that's going to be like borderline top thirty, I think. Because I don't that, know about that. I think the I, I think that's like where you, yeah, but I think that's where you start to get into the Keiko Hendricks range. Yeah, yeah, but Keiko and Hendricks both have had K rates well above you know what I think Michaelis's upside is. That's true, but I also think that years after Hendricks and Keuchel have been hot, they were overdrafted. Well, that's what I'm saying is, is that I suspect that they're going – I suspect that Mikolas is going to be overdrafted or Mikolas. Do you think still, it's – Still don't know how to pronounce the name. So do you think it's going to be – do you think it will be outside 30? I think he'll be just inside 30. I think he'll be like 28. Okay, so yeah, that's what I said, right? Like right around. It just leaps up. That's just a number off the top of my head that just leaps out to me. I don't know what the early ADP is, but no, we're gonna have shows. Well, we're gonna have shows on the early ADP eventually. So you know, once it settles, um, we can get further into that. Okay, so Joe, your good call. Another pitcher, surprise, surprise. Garrett Cole. So the resident Astros fan believed that the Astros could fix Cole, and, man, did they. Jesus Christ, yes, they Joe. did. <laughs> Joe, you were, the, you were the high man on Cole. You 
believed the moment the Astros got him that they would fix him. What are your thoughts on his season and his outlook going forward? Yeah, I mean, so at this point, right, um, it's – I mean, the Cardinals still might have it, but the Astros also have Voodoo Magic, right? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I don't even know that the Astros have Voodoo Magic. I just think that they're, you know, really good at developing pitchers. <laughs> Like, like the Cardinals sometimes can just take these guys and their skills aren't good and they're just good anyway. The Astros actually turn these pitchers into better pitchers. Yeah. So, uh, honestly, um, I mean, there's there's just so much to like. I, I mean, the, obviously the K's went up with the, the curveball usage increased. The fastball, he cut the fastball um, down a bit. I mean, the, sh- the swinging strike rate is is up, way up. Um, I, you know, I, I said this this coming in, right? That they're they're going to unlock unlock the RPMs on on those breaking pitches, and I think that's what happened. Um, now it's really hard to predict, right? Is he truly a twelve and a half K per nine guy? That's hard to say. Um, but I'd be very surprised if it dipped below double digits. Um, I, I think I think most of it's real. I think that we'll see a repeat repeated performance. I mean, we saw it with Verlander again. We saw it with Morton again. So there's very little reason to to think that we'd see a huge regression in Cole. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, I I, I certainly believe that the skills are real. He's got a uh, K per nine above 12 at the moment. That's backed by a 14.1% swinging strike rate. And those are significant outliers compared to his career, which would normally be a red flag, except, I mean, the changes are very obvious. Um, you know, he's kind of can the sinker. Um, he, he's, he's, he's focused a little bit more on his secondary pitches. Uh, you know, he's become a fly ball pitcher as opposed to, you know, uh, want to be ground baller. Um, you know, this is, this is the sort of thing that you look at and he, he checks all the marks for a pitcher that has changed his repertoire and changed his um, approach completely. So, you know, I don't see any real reason to doubt it. He's right in his prime. He's 28 years old. Um, you know, there's, there's no reason to turn around and say he's incapable of this again. And, you know, Cole has kind of had that book where people feel like he's um, more injury prone than he is. Um, You know, he's a guy that has put together a couple of, I believe he's reached 200 innings a couple of times now. Yeah. um, Including this year. Yeah, he'll be just shy or just get over one or the other. Yeah. But I mean, but his innings totals have been in excess of 130 a number of times over the course of his career. And I think he kind of gets labeled as a guy that's injury prone. And I don't know that the label fits, um, but I fully expect him to be, you know, drafted as like a top 10 starting pitcher next year. And I, I have no problem taking him there because based on what he's shown me this year, he's fully deserving of that sort of status. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I echo your sentiment. Um, I think you'd be a fool to doubt to doubt him at this point. I mean, right, he had the pedigree. Um, 
And there's a reason why we all choked that Cole was going to be unlocked by the Astros because we knew he had the talent. Um, it's just, would he, would he actually, would they actually be able to piece it all together? And clearly they did. So, um, yeah, I, I think there's very little reason to doubt, to doubt Cole going forward. Okay. Okay. Um, do you, oh, do you want to no. give Nick some credit or do you want to move to my bad call? Uh, let, let's, let's do your bad call and then we'll see if he jumps in on time. Okay. All right. So your bad call, uh, which wasn't too awful, but still, uh, was Miguel Cabrera. So he was going in like the eighth or ninth round in standard weeks. Um, and the worry was that he was either seriously hurt or would get hurt. Or just wouldn't produce. Um, and while he was while he was playing, um, he wasn't actually all that awful. Um, through 157 plate appearances, he had three home runs and a .299 batting average. Uh, the concern was in in spring training that a lot of that power got sapped. Um, I was I had said it over and over again that I was worried that his his bat just looked a little long and he wasn't generating power the same way. Um, and I think what we saw is a pretty good hitter still um, in that he can still bat, you know, close to 300 or 280, kind of like what we saw with Joey Votto this year. Um, even in off years, they'll still be okay because they're, you know, generational hitters. Um, but the power, the power might be gone. Um, so, in, you know, an eighth or ninth round pick, you're not killed. Um but he was essentially a zero this year. So, Pat, what do you what do you think? What's what's the take on Miggy? Okay, so here's the thing with the injury. You know, it's the sort of thing that could happen to anyone. And going into the year, the concern was about the back, and this injury was not the back; it was the biceps. So again, I, I think that's the sort of thing that can happen to anyone. Yes, Miggy's older. Yes, he doesn't have the ideal body type that you would like that would present the picture of health, blah, 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 blah. Um, but you noted correctly, performance-wise, if he was healthy, he probably would have came in somewhere around 20 bombs if you pace him out, um, maybe even a little bit below that based on pace. But I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say he would have hit, hit, hit around 20. Um, and that's based on what is a messy batted ball profile. Um, lots of grounders, but I suspect that the biceps thing was probably a pre-existing injury, um, which was aggravated later. Um, and that explains the drastic shift in batted ball profile. Um, you know, he was over 50%, some some 50% ground balls, uh, during this brief sample. And he has never been anywhere close to that. Um, so my, my thought process is, is that Miggy probably, um, you know, had this injury already. Um, it got worse, but before it got worse, it was probably impacting him. Now, in my too early mocks, uh, um, you know, I, I've seen that he's been going in the 17th round, in, in my specific too early mock, I should say. 17? Um, 17th round. Mm. Now, you know, there is definitely risk there. 
but that's a fantastic price. And even if his power is no longer 35 homer level, you know, we've seen this with Victor Martinez um, in recent years where all of a sudden everyone was out and he went ahead and put together a 300 batting average of 25 bombs and, you know, good run production hanging in the middle of the lineup and probably won people leagues. Uh, and at the 17th round, if that ADP holds or doesn't vary too much, if it turns into a zero, it's definitely not a, you know, total loss. It will not sink you, um, particularly at first base, even though first base has become somewhat shaky. Um, you know, you can find a 15th round quality bat off the waiver wire um, easily enough. So I'm curious about the price. I, I like it. I wonder if it'll hold again. You know, you worry about the name. Um, he's reportedly on schedule to, you know, start spring training on time and be healthy and blah, blah, blah. But, you know, you can't believe all those reports. It's just to me a risk reward kind of thing. And I always am sort of willing to engage in more risk and, at that price, I'm definitely in. Yeah, so I, I feel more or less the same way about the analysis as I did last season, or this this season, in that I feel pretty good that if I watch him, I'll be able to tell. Um, just based Yeah, on and his... you guys definitely hit on that. Um, you know, I'll give you guys the props for that, because you guys were very skeptical of his um, swing in spring training. I was a little more willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. And as a result, bit the bullet pretty hard. Sure. (laughs) Thanks. Right. But again, right. Like that's how I feel. If we just watch him, um, we'll kind of know right away. And, and even still I'm with you 17th round. That's free. And for all intents and purposes, right? It's essentially free. It's not exactly, yeah, it's, but the eighth free. round, the eighth round, there's still guys there that you, you feel like you want a pencil in production. In the seventeenth round, you can take the zero, no problem. And so, like my my view is going to shift in that I still evaluate the player the same way. I'm not sure if Miggy's ever going to have it in totally back, and he's definitely an injury prone. He's definitely an injury risk now. But in the seventeenth round, I'm much more interested. Yeah, I totally agree with that. So let me move to your bad call. We've got Michael Brantley. So, I mean, you sort of see a a pattern here. I took the risk on the injured guy and flopped, and Joe didn't even want to draft or talk about this injured guy and he has accumulated over 600 plate appearances and been something of a five category contributor. Yep. So Joe, what have you seen from Brantley this year and what are your thoughts on him for next year? Yeah. So we saw pretty much vintage Brantley, right? Um, double digit pop and, and steals uh, above 300 batting average in a day where 300 batting averages are tough to find. 
a well-disciplined hitter, um, doesn't strike out at all, um, walks a fair amount. I mean, he was he was vintage Bradley, um, and I, I I guess this is to be expected, right? I I mean, I remember at one point saying something along the lines of like, if he's healthy, I'd expect him to be Brantley, but I just had no faith that he would be healthy. I had very little, given the fact that he had missed the better part of two years. Um, yeah, as far as going forward, um, I don't know. I, I think he's always going to be somewhat of an injury risk. He's going to be going on 32. Um, I think it'll depend on where he's going. Um, even with the full season, um, it's not anything outstanding. I mean, 17-11 is good. Um, it's really the runs that are so good because of his two MVP caliber teammates. Um, so I think it'll depend on where he's going. If he's going inside 10 rounds, I'm probably out. Um, if he's going outside of round 10, I'm probably in. Yeah, I I, I actually agree with you on, on that analysis. I, I think that he's a player where – even though he's gotten through the year healthy, I think that you need some sort of injury discount baked in, in part because the the ceiling isn't particularly high. You know, he does a lot of stuff good. He doesn't do anything at an elite level. Except for maybe the um, batting average, I guess. Well, in the batting average, yeah. But even that is, like, I think it's more 290, 300 than, like, 330, 340. Agreed. Okay. You yeah, know, sure. it's, it's got to be elite, but above average. Yeah, and, I mean, a guy that's got that sort of above average good skill, yeah, in the right year can reach, you know, a 330-ish type level. I mean, nobody nobody hits 330 consistently, right? Um, you know, almost nobody. So, <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking of. Um, so, you know, it, it's it's that sort of profile, I think, that when you bake in the fact that he's got such significant injury risk, you have to have the discount there in order to make it a worthwhile selection. And I think the sort of discount you're talking about is correct. Um, The other thing about Brantley is, you know, he's, he's a little bit older than you might think because he's missed significant amount of time. You know, I think he's over 30 now. Yeah. Yeah. He's going on 32 next year. How old? 32. 32. Wow. Okay. Yeah. He's even older than I thought. So the steals being at a, you know, teens sort of level, you know, those could go away. And then if those go away, then he's a 15, 17 homer guy providing good runs in RB. Suddenly he's Nick Marquez. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's, it's a profile that definitely does have some risk. I could see him going from – very undervalued last year to very overvalued this year. Uh, but I suspect the market will probably be in line with where we would want him. Um, you know, right around somewhere between outfielder 30 and 40 and, you know, right around 
somewhere between pick 100 and 120. Uh, Just high enough that, like, you don't feel great about taking him, but not so high that, like, you're definitely out. Do you know, did he go in your league yet? Uh, Yes, he was selected. Let me see if I can find his ADP very, very quick. Let's play the Pats looking at Michael Brantley's ADP music, please. Oh, wait, we don't have any. No, we do not have any. So, Joe, what is your your take on players of this ilk? You know, like, what is your take on these guys that sort of do a little bit of everything and... Well, so historically, I like them, right? Like, Adam Eaton's that guy. Adam Eaton's pretty much exactly what I thought... Or, uh, Michael Brantley's exactly what I thought Adam Eaton would be. Mm -hmm. With a billion more runs, but, yeah. um, I was about to say, (laughs) he had a one in front of his runs. (laughs) 175, That should be my miss, not not Michael Brantley, Adam Eaton. Yeah, but he got hurt, so it's kind of... I don't like to give people hurt, guys. Yeah, I know. Um, it sort yeah, of cramps so, my style. <laughs> so, historically, I like them. Um, I like bunching a lot of these guys together to accumulate home runs and stolen bases. I think it's a good way to do it. Um, so, yeah, I, I do like I, I do like doing this. this. Que paso! Hey! Hey! hey. So I do hey, Nick, like. We're talking about your favorite player, Michael Brantley. Oh, not well. What do you mean? <laughs> I like Brantley. You did not. You were with me. I was with you, and I was wrong. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, I, I generally like these these types of players. Um, but I think we're now like we're going back into the, you know, home runs are kind of important. Um, and you really need like a a thirty home run bopper. Mm-hmm. Um. And like you said, Pat, he could very quickly become like Nick Markakis or David Peralta, where he's just batting 280, you know, has 17 or 18 home runs, throwing some good runs, and that's it. Okay, so I have some names. Sure. All right, so Brantley is going currently at 110.3 in the two early mocks. So he's right in that range, that 100 to 120 range we talked about. So would you rather have him or Shohei Otani, who we talked about earlier? Otani. Nick. Um. Well, did you talk? What did you talk about Otani earlier? That he's gonna just be a hitter, or? Yes, he's just gonna be a hitter, and we don't really know how much he's going to hit. Um. I'm probably going with. Otani based on upside, but Brantley is boring, but I, I do like Brantley a lot. Okay. David Peralta. Or Brantley? Yeah. Ooh, um, I think I want David Peralta. I think even even if even if David Peralta regresses, you know what you're gonna get. And I uh-huh. and I think he's due for regression. Um but still. David Peralta for me. I'm I'm probably going Peralta as well. Eloy Jimenez. Or Brantley? Yep. Eloy. This is a tough one. Yeah, so I think Uh, I'm taking Eloy. 
I, I think, think I'm taking EY too. Upside. Yeah, I want the upside there. We, it's it's always going to come down to upside versus Brantley. It's just he's boring yeah, as yeah, shit. Uh, yeah, I, that's too rich for me, man. Like, I don't want him there. I don't want him there. All right, wait, Joe. You know, wait, you, wait, you don't want Brantley at the ADP? Yeah, right now. I mean, this yeah, is like really, really I early ADP. See, but I don't mind. I, I don't think it's that early. I don't mind the ADP that much. Okay, um, Pat, who you got? Well, what I was going to say is we're going to make a smooth transition right now to your good Nick call. Because would you rather have Michael Brantley or Aaron Hicks? Oh, Aaron Hicks, not close. Yeah, give me Aaron Hicks. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Aaron Hicks too. Where, right, where so, was Hicks around there too? Hicks is actually behind him. Yeah, see. Um, one eighteen point nine. So one, they're within ten picks of each other. Yeah, give me give me Hicks all day. Give me Hicks all day. So yeah, let me give Nick some love. Nick believes in Aaron Hicks. Um. Oh my God! All we heard about in the, in this offseason was look how big Aaron Hicks is. He's gonna hit so many home runs, and he might not have hit as many home runs as Nick expected. But man, 26, 11 steals, 247. He saw a lot of plate appearances in the the stacked Yankee lineup. Um, 570 plate appearances. He scored a lot of runs in the good Yankee lineup. Drove in a lot of runs. He's another one. He strikes out a little bit more than Brant- Brantley, but he's He's got good plate discipline. He's got he takes walks um, in OPS leagues. He gets a huge boost. Um, Nick nailed it. Nick nailed it. Nick believed in in Hicks, um, and I would definitely, definitely rather have Hicks over Brantley. The more I talk about it, the more I'd rather have Hicks over Brantley. Yeah, it's not even close. There's still there's still a lot of upside in my opinion when it comes to Brantley and Hicks. I'm sorry. Yeah, with Hicks. And it's exactly what I said earlier in the year is that the guy is money in the bank, like 330 or better OBP. Like that's his like almost his floor at this point. Um, This year he was at 368. 2017 he was at 372. Those are really strong OBP numbers, especially from a guy who's got 20 plus pop. So with Gardner aging and skills declining, um, he did bat in the leadoff spot often this year, but next year I really think he is going to solidify that spot. He's going to be in that spot. It's going to be his, and he's going to get every day at bats. And it's going to he he has the ability to turn in a really really amazing year, being at the top of that lineup with the pop, with the runs, the counting stats, and that OBP and the speed, um, because. 11 still on bases, that's that's the that's where you want to be. Like, 10 is the magic number. So if you're 10 or more, you're golden. And honestly, his upside is closer to, like, 20. Like, he could steal 20 bases easy. Um, he didn't get there this year, but remember, this year he was – he played through some injury midseason, um, and he batted in the sixth spot, the seventh spot. He was bounced all around. I think once he's at the leadoff spot, he'll have a lot more opportunities, and he could be special. Yeah, I like the power upside, actually. Um, and I'm with you. I, I think he does have a little bit more upside, but it's probably got to happen either next year or the year before, after that. It's got, it's got He's got like a pretty tight window, I think, well, when that's going to happen. 28, and, it, and he doesn't have many, many at-bats. Like, no, I, I, no, I know. I know that. But I think like right being in the stacked Yankee lineup, I think it's just him in his physical prime, I think it's just going to be like the culmination. It's got to happen like next year or the year after. 
And now it's going to happen when he's 33. I just, I just want to touch on a couple of things with Hicks that concern me. Um, you know, as far as upside goes, uh, first of all, I do not think he he'll run more because of the nature of that lineup. That lineup is so good; they do not want to run into outs. I do not think that you know his upside for steals goes beyond like fifteen. Just based on situation alone, um, you know, just because I, I can't foresee the Yankees trying or allowing him to run at any kind of amazing rate, especially if you're going to put him at the top of the lineup. I mean, if he's hitting one and that means Judge and Stanton are directly behind him and those guys don't need him to force his way into scoring position. When he's on base, he's in scoring position. Yeah, but if it wasn't Judge and Stanton this year, it was Teixeira and Cano and et cetera, et cetera, all the years past. And Gardner's stolen 20 bases every year. It's like and anyone who's – Gardner, Ellsbury – The game's different now, though. The game's different now. Uh, right? yeah. There's analytics everywhere now, right? Ten years ago, there wasn't. Five years ago, there was a little bit. And stolen bases – and stolen bases have been on a pretty precipitous decline over the course of the last five years, pretty much as a result of that. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what's our leader at? 50? 45? I don't know who it is. I'll look. That, I, don't even, I, I don't even think it's that high. I think it might be Merrifield. Actually, it's probably Merrifield at like 42 It's Turner at 43 and then Merrifield at 39. 43. Yeah, okay. so, I mean, even your peak stolen base guys aren't stealing as often. So that's item number one on Hicks. The other thing is the batting average. I think people might get tricked into thinking it can go up um, when Aaron Hicks is like a more athletic version of Carlos Santana in terms of BABIP. He's just – he's a fly ball guy. He doesn't hit a lot of line drives. He's not going to – you know, don't don't project him for any kind of BABIP regression is is my warning. Um, I think he's like a two – in his best year, I think he's like a 260 hitter, um, which is perfectly fine. I, I I don't I don't want to sound like I'm cooling on Hicks because I am high on him. I just think he's a player that people could easily talk themselves into having more upside, particularly in the batting average area, because of his plate discipline. And unless he undergoes some kind of swing change, which I don't think you want him to do, because you want the power. Um, I think is batting average is somewhat capped. Okay, let me give Nick some more props. I had Nick's good call. Oh, I also had Aaron Hicks. Really? Yeah. What do you mean? mean? Oh, no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Wait a second. I'm looking at the wrong area on the notes. My my mistake. Pat is lost in space. I'm, I'm... I'm in the middle of a championship week, guys. <laughs> He's watching Matt Olson hit home runs right now. So, Nick, I'm going to give you credit for J-Hap. Uh, Nick was at the forefront of this podcast, cries that Hap was criminally underrated following years of a 3.61 ERA, a 3.18 ERA, and a 3.53 ERA, especially considering the uptick in skills that occurred in 2017. And although the ERAs remain roughly the same, the Ks have gone way up this year. 
So, Nick, bask in your glory on J-Hap and tell us what you expect from him in 2019. So, first off, um, we all loved the ADP on Hap, Um, right? Yes, this was a podcast – this was a podcast favorite, but you were definitely the high man. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You because, had him, like, number two overall. No, but I did have him, like, top 30, like, literally. Yes, you did. Um, but, yeah, so with Hap, um, the, this is before the move to the Yankees, which, believe it or not, I actually like the move to the Yankees um, for him because of the Yankees pitching coaching staff, which has been – absolutely phenomenal over the last three, four, five years. Um, <clears throat> they seem to get a lot out of guys out of nowhere. Uh, but with Hat, it he, the guy has just been so, so uh, – Pat sending out messages as we are doing the podcast. <laughs> um, so Hat, like through the years, has been so – incredibly consistent since 2015 he's never gone over a four era um the k per nine has just gone up year after year the walks per nine are identical year to year i mean they're not identical but they're separated by a, by a very small margin and in 20 uh we're in 2018 2017 he had his best year back Back to back. I mean, I'm sorry. He had his best year as a pro. So he's only getting better. And there is definitely a huge ageism issue when it comes to fantasy. And you could cash in on it every year. And I'll cash in on it next year as well with Hap. He's going to be the same he is right now. So Do you, do you think he's going to get now as a Yankee, he'll be under the microscope. And do you think that he'll now be overdrafted? No, because... Yankee pitchers don't get y- Yankee pitchers. Well, that's not necessarily true. Um, mm. I think that what'll help is analysts mostly will will knock it maybe because of the ballpark and the division, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but uh, it's interesting. What, what is his ADP at, Pat? For next year, um, hold he's gonna. On. He's going to still be like 190 overall. I guarantee it. Nah. What? I don't know. I'll bet yeah. anything. Look at the year he had the year before. No, yeah, he's no. definitely not 190. But it was Toronto, dude. Like, I think you're underestimating the Yankee the Yankee pull, dude. And he's going to be like their two unless if they get a pitcher, right? Oh, no, they're three. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I could see it happening. I mean, overdrafted is tough because he'd have to be like a lot higher because he was excellent. No, but even if he's even if he's going in like like I would literally take him in like round ten. I would take him in round nine. I would take him in round eleven. I take him like in the in round a hundred. I I don't care. I feel actually. I mean, I'm with you there. I feel comfortable taking him at a hundred or a one twenty. Well, why wouldn't you just be like you could? The only explanation you have is age. There's no decline at all. He's only gotten better. Yeah, and, he's he's still down the board a bit, but not as low as you what said. What is it? One sixty-one. Yeah, it's there's still value there. 
I mean, the home runs per nine are way up, and it, 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 like it's it's money in the bank. I love it. So wait, I'm sorry. Did you have the ADP? One sixty-one. One sixty-one. Man, that's that's still pretty sweet. Yeah, it is sweet. That's good, dude. That's yeah, sweet. I love it. It's gonna climb. I feel I feel very good that it's gonna climb. I don't know. All right, so he's going after. Let me give you some names that are close by. Tyler Glass now. Oh, not even close. That is not even on the same page of rankings. Kevin Gossman. Not even close. <laughs> yeah, that's Kyle Kyle Freeland. Oh man, yeah. Uh, let me see. Quintana. This is actually pretty crazy. Yeah, he, I'd definitely rather have that. He is Quintana. Porcello. He's the good Quintana. Porcello is uh, Porcello is interesting. Yeah, Porcello is good year, bad year though. Yeah. Okay. But Freeland. I mean, give me the guy who's had a good, good in the last friggin' five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, literally, like the last four years, he's been excellent. Like this year is this year right now. Ready? So nine point seven five K per nine, two point five seven walk, three five seven ERA. This is the good Quintana. Like the good Quintana. This is like better than the good Quintana. Yeah, this is better than the good Quintana. But Quintana, the bad Quintana, is going around. <laughs> no, legitimately though, this is better than Quintana's ever been. Yeah, and Yankee, Yankee coaching, Yankee pitching coaching staff people. I'm telling you. All right, what are, what are, what are we doing next? Are we doing Nick Pate now? I like this. All these props. I don't know what props. we're up to. Well, Nick, do you want to do you want us to hate on you or do you want to give us props? Uh, we'll leave I don't it up care. to you and you're you're vaping. Yeah, I'm vaping like a madman <laughs> right now. I just, let's just say I had me at night. I'm, I'm ravenous. Um, All right, so do you want to do you want to you want to get some hate or do you want to give us some props? Give me some hate. Okay, Joe. All right, yeah. So the John Gray call, we we take the fall for this what? together. What do you mean what? What? <laughs> so. <laughs> You had him. You had him. I think top twenty-five, if I'm not mistaken. Like, I took like him in the eighth round. Tenth. It it was it was definitely top twenty-five. So yeah, we're gonna take the fall on. This I'm not taking the fall. You can take the fall. Go ahead. Okay, I don't know how you cannot take the fall. Because the strikeouts, sure. The strikeouts are still there, right? At nine point six two K per nine. The walks are respectable at two two point seven five walks per nine. But dude, he can't escape the Bapit monster. And mm-hmm. he pitched to a tune of almost five, a 5 ERA. I mean, that's not good. That's actually very bad. Um, so sure, I I don't disagree that I'm still gonna I'm still gonna be in for the most part next year. But he was nowhere close to being a top 25 pitcher. I'm gonna, I'm gonna hit my vape and then I'm gonna respond. Okay, this isn't this isn't about defending. This is more about humility and accepting that you were wrong. Well. That's what this podcast has been so far. Well, obviously, we have a liar in the chat segment. No. All right, listen. First of all, um, what I said about John Gray. What'd you say? What'd you say? Here's what I said. He is going to strike out the world, which he has. He's going to provide you with excellent ratios. But the ERA. He hasn't done that in the second half. But. but, (laughs) Shut up, Rob. But the ERA is. (laughs) 
a question mark. Now, I, I, what I have said repeatedly was I feel like he can be an ace and one of the best pitchers in baseball, but I care less about ERA and more about ratios, K per nines, Ks, all that good stuff, not walking guys, and yada, yada, yada. So I could deal with the high ERA. 491, yeah, that's tough to deal with. It's tough to swallow, but I wouldn't say I was completely you wrong. You were definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you were totally wrong. You were taking him in the top 25. I love him. He's, <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, I think you got to place him in the Robbie Ray, Crow, Ray Club for now. Why can oh, nobody on this podcast say Robbie Ray? Yo, Robbie Ray has been on a tear. Yeah, his, his overall numbers are still terrible. I know, but he's been on an absolute tear. But that's where John Gray belongs, okay? He belongs in the – you have to project him for a 4 ERA because he just gets knocked around. He's going to K a bunch of guys. He's going to have blow-ups, and that's just the way it's going to be. And, yeah, maybe he shocks you and pulls a Robbie Ray from 2017. But you can't draft him expecting it. Like, that's that's the way you've got to look at John Gray. You cannot overdraft him expecting him to be what his peripherals are. It's not going to happen. And I'm even a little bit concerned because since he came back, the Ks have completely dried up. The K percentage is down with Gray? Yeah. Yeah. I'm asking. Yeah, Gray. Yeah, it's down. His K percentage is down 6%. His K per nine is down almost two per nine. Um, The swing strike rate is down, although it's not down as much. (sighs) You know, I'm a little concerned about that because this is a guy that is not – very good in terms of managing contact and he's allowing more of it. It was weird striking out guys less. It was weird when he first came up from the minors because he was absolutely crushing, like not giving up any runs, but he was striking out like three people a game. So I think he's got to get out. He's got to get out. He's got to get, yeah, he's got to get a course, but something he may, he definitely made some sort of change when he was down like a hundred percent. Yeah, but I don't know that it was a good change. Is my point. I agree. I'd, ra- I'd rather have the high. I'd rather have the volatile pitcher than the fucking guy that he is now. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Pat. All right, Nick. Yeah. Matt Carpenter. Oh God! Here we go. <laughs> oh boy. So, Nick, and I open quotes. Matt Carpenter is boring. He's shot. He's not (laughs) worth it. Close quote. Open quotes. The numbers haven't been there. Close quotes. Nick, Matt Carpenter is an MVP candidate with a a 900-plus OPS and 36 homers. And he's going to score 110 runs. What happened? I'm going to hit my vape. Hold on. <laughs> uh, well, well, obviously, we have a rapist on the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, so I was not expecting this. I don't think any of us were expecting this kind of power output. Um, I am thoroughly impressed. 
and he is no longer boring. He's friggin' awesome. Um, he had, but just don't forget one thing. With it came in bunches. Like he, uh, that's definitely true. Yeah, like he went absolutely ape shit in July and and August, and so far in September he has one home run. Um, pre July combined he had six sixteen. I think it's really June, July, and August. Yeah, listen, overall, listen, but overall it was a good year. I'm not gonna take anything away from it, but um, he, he definitely. I look at him differently on draft day. I would look at him like a guy like a Daniel Murphy-esque player who's going to get you middling home runs, good average, good counting stats, yada, yada, yada. But now with this newfound power, it he becomes very intriguing. I mean, you got to give him more credit than that. Um, I mean, I was with you. Uh, I was low on him during the middle of the season. But you got to give him more credit than that because he's changed the the type of player he is over the course of his career. Um, so there's reason to believe that he's tapped into some more power than he previously had. Yeah, and the batted ball profile is fantastic. Like, tons of line drives, tons of balls in the air. And Lots of I think his soft, soft contact is like 9%, and his hard contact, I think, I looked at it today, was 49%. Yeah, 49.5. That's outrageous. That is unbelievable. So, and this is not a one-year trend. Those numbers are up, but this is a guy that over the last few years has made hard contact at outstanding rates. So, to me, this is regression to where maybe he shouldn't be here but he should have been a 30 homer bat over the last couple of years. And just for whatever reason did not reach those levels and now is reaching true talent um, production. Okay, Nick. So we've given you your hate. We've given you your love. Why don't you give us some love? Um, Okay. Well, let me just pull up my notes here. Nick, do you not have notes? No, I have notes. Just hold on. I got to pull them up. All right. I wasn't sure. I mean, we could have segued to something else. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> now that I'm on the spot, no pressure at all. Everything is fine. Just give me a second. Oh, boy. This is my shining moment. Do you think uh do you think Carpenter's going top four? Like round round top four rounds? Um probably question. right. You know, it might depend on his eligibility. I think if he's got three positions, I think he has to. If you know his games played don't give him that sort of eligibility. I mean, and I minimum, don't know off the top of my head. At the minimum, he gets two. What's at the he minimum, got? he gets two. Uh, first and third. It's second base. He started 11 at second base. So, yeah, in most formats, I don't think he'll have second base. Okay, but even first or, and third, that's still pretty good. Yeah, that's still pretty good. 
Um, yeah, he's on the fringe. He's on the fringe. All right, I have my first roast. Roast, wow. For the both of you. All right. Javier Baez. That's, that's false. I was with you. No, no, Pat, Pat. All right, fine, All right. Pat. Let's, let's roast Pat. Fine. All Good. Right. So the guy is having an absolute stunner of a season. Ridiculous, redonkulous, however you want to call it. 34-21, he's at 294. The numbers are somewhat... Uh, inflated with that crazy Babbitt, but he's a high Babbitt guy. Um, and when it all comes down to it, I think he winds up being like a 280 ish hitter going forward. Um, the OBP is still eh, at 328, but he's making all kinds of crazy power right now. The stat cast is really nice. Um, the hard contacts at 36.4, which is nice, not elite, but nice. Um, and he's got. Crazy counting stats right now. He's going to be 100 plus, 100 plus in runs and RBIs. <clears throat> um, and Pat, I think, compared him to Jonathan Scoop preseason, which is kind of, I don't want to say it's accurate, but they have that kind of profile where Baez could have a Scoop esque year this year. But Baez is just too talented. He's just too talented. He's not as. He's not scoop. Um, you know, he, he makes better contact. He makes more contact. He strikes out less. This year, the K rate came down from the year before. Um, I think he's going to be a solid player going forward. We're going to see some some uh, regression next year, but not much. All right. So with Baez, when I went on the Bat for Crazy podcast, I specifically highlighted as an example of one of my weaknesses as an analyst, which is I just I do not like players with bad play discipline, and Baez is the poster child for it. Yes, he swings at pitches outside of the zone forty six point three percent of the time. That is among the league leaders. Is it him and Mondesi? Like I believe it's him and Gallo. Oh, I and don't then know probably what Mondesi. Yeah. And if you look at Baez's plate discipline across the board, it is terrible. He's got a 17% swing strike rate. Awful. His contact is below 70%. Awful. Listen, guy had an outstanding year. People that bought him at the price that he was going at profited huge. And I tip my cap, and he is young enough that if he did this again, it wouldn't be shocking. You know, he's, he's shown the skill. He can – I think he can do it again. You know, that doesn't mean I think he will do it again. And I expect – and maybe I'm giving too much credit to Major League Baseball – but I suspect someone is going to realize that you do not need to throw him strikes. And if you do not throw him strikes and he doesn't take walks, the batting average is going to go down. The right. power is going to go down. The stolen bases are going to go down. And he's not going to cost you what he cost you this year, which was you know, roughly a 10th round pick. Yeah, He's going to cost you a second or a third round pick. Yeah, top 24. 
and I have absolutely no interest at that price. Give me give me your projections for him next year as uh, home run steals batting average. Twenty five, fifteen, two sixty. Okay. Nick, I have a question for you. Do you yeah. think Javier Baez will be overdrafted next year? Yes, yes, and I'm staying away as well. Okay. I, I'm staying away as well, and, and for all the, pe- the reasons that Pat mentioned. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. So if I remember correctly, you and I were were okay with this being a possibility. I think a little bit more than Pat was. Pat wasn't necessarily – like none of us were in on Baez. Um, I think we were just more like – we think that this might be a possibility where Pat was a little bit more timid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, we weren't we weren't crazy in, but Pat was crazy out. Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. I was gonna say uh, that I thought a bust season from Baez was more likely than not. Agreed. And I'm talking like bust, like yeah, two twenty or he's not even yeah, batting. In he's the not even a rec- He's not even a regular. Yeah, and that, yeah. you know what? That's like still a possibility. He's got such leash now. Yeah, the profile, the profile, not, yeah. The profile, yeah, right. He probably does have a lot of leash. Um, so I kind of want to give us all credit for this for this next one. What a surprise! Um, he doesn't want to give me credit. What? By myself. I'll, I'll give you credit. Give me a second. Give me a second. But I kind of want to give us all credit quickly. This is we don't have to elaborate, but on Nick Castellanos. Um, we all loved him forever, correct or incorrect? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's mostly he, correct. And he kind of finally put it together, but I still don't think that he's really scratched the surface of what he could actually do. Like, this year, um, he, like, he got the average. He somehow accumulated, like, 170, um, 171 right now. He's at total combined runs and RBIs. Um... And a 301 average and an 859 OPS, that's all fine and dandy. But I think the 22 home runs could turn into something like 30 home runs next year. I do think he has more pop. Um, and if the gains that he made this year, as far as average and OPS go, um, can combine with what the power upside is, I, I think he could be like a really special player going forward. And he's still young. Um, what Do you have his ADP, Pat, by any chance? And... And Joe, give me an, uh, a projection on him next year. So I actually kind of disagree with you. Um, I've as far had, as what, the power? Yeah, I've had the opportunity to watch him a lot. I mean, I owned him this year for the better part of the year. Um, and I don't know if I see it as much as you do. Really? Um, it's so effortless. Yeah, I think, I, I think the effortlessness is in him being able to poke the ball wherever he wants more than the power, to be honest. Yeah, but we've seen that with players before. I know, like, I know, I know. And, and you're right. Like, we've had this discussion a lot on this podcast about good hitters being able to develop power. And it's yeah. a possibility. But from what I've seen, I don't know. I, I think, like, I think, like, a complete repeat is the most likely scenario. Like, really? 22 to 24 home runs and like 285 to two to, to 300, which is good. Yeah, but I'm really I'm really curious as to the way he's going because right now, like ranking wise, um, he's up there. He's like a top 50 player. Is he? Yeah, yeah it's because of the batting average. I mean, right. anyone batting over 300 is like a top 50 player. But I feel like which is what I keep harping on. I think that he's gonna get um, the Tiger discount and he's gonna get the. 
Uh, I don't think so, Nick. Uh, 86.8. Oh, that's, wow. No, I think that's, like, where he should go, though. It, he's, it, sandwiched, he's sandwiched between Edwin Encarnacion and Jesus Aguilar. Okay, maybe not. Maybe that's a little. I'd rather have both those guys. <laughs> yeah. And you got to remember, Castellanos does not have third base eligibility next year. It's just outfield. Yeah, I think he's going to be outfield only. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's, uh, that's still a little too rich. Actually. I don't know, Sorry. but like he's like the thing with the thing with Castellanos too, like he's entering his prime. He's 26 now, so he'll be 27 next year, right? We've seen him grow year after year, and we've been like waiting for it, and now I don't know. I just feel like Pat, he's gonna... Pat, break the tie. Do you see power or? Do you, do you not really see it? I mean, the stack case is there. I think Nick. I think Nick's point is a valid one. I can't rule out the possibility that he's develops into a 30 homer bat, but I agree with you that it's more likely than not that this is a repeat. Okay. Until I see something more. Yeah, I, I Pat, uh, Nick, I, I, I'm kind of with like I'm with you in that the stack has data, but I, I feel like. The eye test. He doesn't pass the eye test for me. Again, I think he's more like yeah, a- because he has that like boring swing. Like he doesn't. I, I get it. Like when he hits home runs, it's not like you know when Jose Ramirez or whoever hits home runs. It's yeah. kind of like effortless. Like, it might be one of those things where if he bats two forty, he pops like thirty three. Yeah, but you don't want that. I no, I know. I'm just saying. Or like, you know, like he he sacrifices some of the 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 more level swing for some pop. Yeah, because you know, it might not be that bad though. It might be like Matt Carpenter. Yeah, yeah I think it's like 255. I was exaggerating. He doesn't but. need to though. He has he has the angle right now. He's at 16 degrees. I know, I know. He's, and he's at 89 below. I think it's just a matter of. I think it's just a matter of time, honestly. I think I think next year he does it. He he like gets really close to. He puts up like a like a. 28 to 32 ish type number with uh, with still with upside, still yeah. with upside beyond 32. I think he's got like 35 plus home run pop. How about that? Are you taking him? Are you taking him where? I like him. Like over, I like him over. I like him over E5 and um. There's no way you're taking him over Jesus. I mean, it's the team. <laughs> but and it's Jesus. And it's Jesus, but I don't know. I, I, I don't know. If Cassianos does lose third base, which you're saying he definitely is, then he like, hasn't started the game. Sure. Then that probably pushes me into, into the into Jesus. <laughs> Jesus territory. <laughs> yeah. Taking taking some of that Eucharist. I'm going, I'm going to the the burning bush. <laughs> All um, right. Um, what do you got next for us, Nick? Okay. So I have an, a bad one. For Pat. Wait, not what? me. <laughs> this is two bad ones for me. Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna roast you for the next hour. Uh, <laughs> All right, I'm calling the segment after this because this is not the way yeah, it's supposed yeah. to go. Yeah. All right. Well, I was I was gonna bring up uh, Xander Bogarts because you hate him. Oh, and you hate him too, Joe. Oh, all right. There we go. I can roast you on this. You said he had no power. He didn't. You said he did not have the pot, and I told it, you until like week two. But sure. It coming okay. into the season, yes. Okay. Until I watch him with right. you. Okay. So I right. <laughs> I said over and over again that Bogarts could eclipse 20 home runs and um, steal 10 bases. He hasn't gotten to 10, but he's at eight, which is you know right around there. 
And he said, they're going to provide you with um, good good uh, batting average as he's just, you know, a good placement hitter. He could put the ball all over the, all over the field. Um, and playing in Fenway and playing on this lineup, he's going to see a lot of good pitches. And he put it together this year. And I still think there's – I still think there's a lot of upside with Bogarts, especially being on this lineup going into next year. Remember, I think he started off slow, right? Or he had a really long slump. I don't have it in front of me, the splits month to month. But I know he went through a really, really bad dry spell. Um, this year but, he started but, off well, right? He started off with, like, the swing the swing change. Okay. but It's kind of reverted. Has it? Well, I mean, his bad ball profile isn't markedly different. The only difference in his batted ball profile, which is a good change, is the infield fly ball rate is down. Yeah, so first half he had 16 home runs and second it was five. So yeah, he slowed down a bit. But listen, the guy's still um, 25 years old. Um, there's, there's a lot of room for growth on this team. If he's... The only problem is you've got Benintendi and Betts, one, two, and J- JD's batting third, right, every night? Uh, yeah, JD's third. So, do you know where Xander is offhand? By any chance? He was hitting fourth tonight. Interesting. Um, yeah, but it's a wacky lineup now. Yeah, I mean, you'd love to see him be, like, at the top, but that's just not going to happen with Benintendi and Betts. But, um, what's, do you have his ADP in front of you? I'm really curious as to where he's going. Uh, I can look it up. Because he's, def- think- he's definitely gotten the Red Sox push so far. Like, he's just been... 48, 48.7. Mm. It's tough. I think uh, I think Devers was hitting in front of him too, for most of the season when he was in. Yeah, that's kind of expensive. That is expensive. Even, Fisp- even- I mean, twenty-one eight. That's almost Brantley. Well, that's been my. That's, that's been like my, Brantley, dude. That's been my point on Bogarts, right? Like, like, and this year is very good. I'm not going to take anything away from him, but. Even in a really good year, it's still 21 and 8. It's not – we're not talking about Trevor's story. We're not talking like 35-20. So, you know, and and I just – I just think he's a little bit of a compiler is all. So, um, right, he's he's got 100 and – 164 runs in RBI, right? Give me one second while I look it up. Yeah, that's not that good. 100, what I say, 164, and Brantley's got 163. So Brantley's 17-11 versus Bogarts is 21-8, and he's going 80 picks after him, 70 yeah, picks after him. You, you I know, position, the, position. I know. injury. I know. Don't don't get me wrong, but. I mean, a 70-pick discount is pretty pretty good. And he's got a beaten batting average. So, yeah. I mean... Yeah, Bogarts is going to be a tough sell next year. Again. And that's just it. Like, like I mean, even, even off his down year, right? Like, this was a guy that was going top... 60-ish. So, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't know offhand where his final rank is, but I, I would hazard a bet that he's not, he's not like some outstanding value based upon that price. 
Sure. Now, to be so fair, so you're really buying him at his ceiling. To be fair, right? He had a good season. Um. So, whatever. I'll take a no. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he had a good year. Big whoop. Want to fight about it? All right. Uh, what's the next segment? What are we doing? All right. Next segment. So we're going to do some second half blind resumes. Oh, yay. We love these. <laughs> I don't have any for you guys, but I'm glad. No, no, no. That's no, I, I only did them. Good. I okay. Had these. So set one. These are – there's one player with a full season stat line in here. Their actual full season stat line. Right. And then the other two are – their second half paces yeah. paced out to full year. Yep. Wait, okay. So the other two are their second half paces paced out to full year. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. So player A, 25 homers, 47 steals, oh, 75 I, This is John VR. This is John VR. Yes. <laughs> All right. Player B, 24 homers, 73 steals, 91 runs. This is Mondesi? Correct. Damn. Nice, Joe. Player C, 18 homers. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, we crushed it. All right, right. can can I just read out? Trey Turner's stat line. 18 homers, 43 steals, 101 runs, 68 RBIs, 271, 756. Yep. So, Trey Turner again is going as a first round pick in early ADP. (laughs) That's fucking ridiculous. (laughs) So ridiculous. Where's Wit, man? Wit? Yeah, where's the Wit love? Wit is going at forty-two point one. I, I literally, when you once you did VR, I literally was waiting for you to just say eighteen home runs. And I, just, <laughs> I knew it was going to be terms. I knew we had eighteen. Really okay, good. so so Mondesi is going at seventy-three point seven. Wow, which I think is very high. That's it is Turner. High. Turner is going at 9.7. Wow. Where's VR going? Uh, I'm trying to find him. Do, 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 121.1. Oh, wow. So VR is getting up there. Well, he's up there, but I, I not compared to the other two. I know. I thought he'd be lower, though, honestly. I would oh. much rather have VR at 121 than either of those guys. I, I, I'm comfortable with weight. I will say this. I, listen, guys, one, one thing we have to realize, uh, we, we laughed briefly at the, the Trey Turner thing, but the guy can end the season 20-45. Like, it's, that's, a, that's not a good season. That's a great season. That's a very, very good season. Now, yeah, if you compare Mondesi and – and VR and, and the values, then yeah, I, I, I get it. But I think we kind of are, I don't think we're taking Trey Turner's season as it, it actually is, which is a very, very, very good season. 
for a very, very young player on a very good team. Who I don't. Nick, let me ask you something. What? Would you rather have 35-20 or 20-45? Or Probably. Um, in a vacuum? Yeah. Probably the 20-45. Hmm. Probably the 20-45. I think the... No. Yeah. I'm, oh. I'm the other side of that coin. You want, you want what, 35-20? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because you, you'll get the runs in RBIs with the yeah with the thirty-five. Um, I don't know. Steel, steel. You have to remember, you can't look at. See to me, like I think this is something that gets lost, and it's very, very simple. It's very simple, and it's at the core of Joe's point. With the homers, you get the run and the RBI that come with it. With the steel, it's just a steal. I know. <laughs> so, but. You don't you, the, the impact of the homer is broader. Four categories. Yes, it's broader than the stolen base. And for whatever reason, I feel like we're looking at homers and stolen bases on a one-to-one basis as equal events. And I'd rather have the more impactful event. Even if it's not as scarce, I'd still rather have it. I plus, if I if plus if I invest in Turner, in at a first round price, I'm putting all of my speed. I'm putting all of my eggs in his his speed basket, and I'm foregoing a 35, 20 type talent to have him. Whereas I can go down the board and I can get a guy like Jonathan VR who can go 15, 45, 265. You could, I can live with that. You could kind of say the same thing for Pop, though. I mean, it's been the same way for years, where you could take a guy like Jay Bruce, who's going to go 30-10. No, but I can't get I can't get a Pop with the average. It's hard and to... And the speed. It, it's... it's I, I'm... I mean, Turner's not, Turner's not the worst thing in the world, but it's hard to argue that against VR now that he's got the leash. Um, the big issue in Milwaukee was the leash because um, we knew that they were going to be pretty good. We knew the lineup was going to be good. Um, oh, David and, Peralta. Ooh, uh, sorry. Again, again. I know, 30. Um, <laughs> so we knew we knew the lineup was going to be good, so we knew we could get squeezed. I mean, Baltimore. <laughs> ba- Baltimore. In Baltimore, he's like, he's like, Far and away the best major league baseball player on the team. Yeah, <laughs> I mean but, that's not that's not true. That's an exaggeration, but you you know what I mean, right? Like they they won forty four games at forty five games this year. Uh, he's gonna be able to do whatever the hell he wants. So even even if he's not very good, he's still gonna uh, compile his way into a bunch of steals and home runs. I agree. I my, listen. My point was uh, listen. Am I taking Turner in the first round? Absolutely not. What'd you say his ADP was, Pat? Nine. Nine point seven. So he's going nine. And like honestly, I, I right away I think of Lindor. And like to me, Lindor and him, it's well the it's comp not, the comp I was trying to compare to is Story. And Story actually has twenty six stolen bases. Yeah, Story's Story's a good Story's Story's bottle though. Like sure. he's he's very bottle. Um, but let's just say like Turner versus. Versus Lindor, like Lindor is gonna go 
at least 30, 20 next Much year with, with a solid average and an, and really, really good accounting sets. And I'd rather have Lindor, but um, Turner's still 25, and he's got back-to-back 40, 40 stolen base seasons. Last year, he had 46 and 447 plate appearances. So I don't know. I, I still think that sky's the limit as far as stolen bases. Like, I think he could get to 60. Um, that could come with, like, 20 home runs. Uh, I don't know. I, I just think that I think we. I, my point is that we hate on Trey, Trey Turner a little too much. I think sometimes. Guys, I do think we're burying the lead a little bit here, though. Yeah. What's the thought on Alberto Mondesi? Early impressions. That. Remember, you guys can change your mind come January. Sure. That if seventy was too rich, or one hundred and twenty was too rich for Javier Baez. There's no reason to think that 70 isn't far too rich for Mondesi. So, wait, Mondesi is where? 70 something. I really like him though. Yeah, so do I. But 70, man. I mean, the 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 thing he has going for him is a lot like VR. He's got a leash because there's no one else around. Um, wait, who's go- the question is who's going around him? That's the question. Like. Who's going in that area offensively? That's what it comes down to. Um, and and does Mondesi have what kind of eligibility next year? Uh, a lot. He's gonna have shortstop, which is the one that you really want, right? Yeah, but yeah, he, he, might, he might have second too. Second, then that's that's a hu- that's huge. All right, I'm getting the ADPs up. Hold on. Yeah, it's it's all dependent on who's going around him. He's. Got, let's see what his second base eligibility will be. He's got 12, I think he might have it. 11 games started. Yeah, so he'll Okay. Uh, so in 20 games, though, he's only got short. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's got 12 homers and 26 stolen bases in 268 games. Or 268 played appearances, excuse me. All right, so he's going in... All right, so the... Four players going before him. Jose Abreu, Gene Segura, Marcelo Zuna, Didi Gregorius. So I'd rather have I'd rather have Mondesi over every one of those guys. It was Segura, Abreu. Abreu, Abreu Segura, Ozuna, Gregorius. Segura, I gotta look and see what Segura is at There's right now. No way, I'd rather have him over Segura. Yeah, he's like eleven twenty-ish, three hundred. There's, there's no way I'd rather have him over Segura. That's like a lock. I mean, Segura's ten twenty right now. Yeah, but Segura's like the three hundred batting average is. Like he's money. Um, money, yeah. And you expect Montesis to come like way down? Like, what's the batting average? I mean. It, it could be like 230. I know. Yeah, it could completely collapse. It could completely collapse. I mean, he's fast, right? So, um, it's only going to come down so much. It probably won't be 230. But, I mean, we saw it with Billy Hamilton. Yeah, I don't know. I'd have to I really think Montesi is a better hitter than Hamilton, but still. I'd have to, I'd have to really think about that. Uh, I want no part of Ozuna. I'll tell you that. Um, yeah. So you guys, are you guys take Abreu. Like a, a Bra- I mean, they're two completely different players. I know. Completely. They're like so completely different, completely. right? Like if you have a second baseman and a shortstop by then, I mean. 
I, I, I hate to go back on something I said two two minutes like a, thirty seconds ago, but I'm I'm taking a break. Yeah, that's um, my. Uh, give Matt, me are you safety. taking Segura over Mondesi? Yes. Okay. All right. I've got Mondesi closer to VR than I do any of those guys. Yeah. Well, so what's Initially. the think on, on Wit? Oh, Wit's for real. Yeah. He's Wit. done it two years in a row now. Yeah, I mean, forty's a little expensive, but um, yeah, I feel really, I feel comfortable, I feel the most comfortable of Wit out of any anyone we just mentioned, aside from Turner, but Turner's expensive. Yeah, but Wit's also Wit's going what twenty picks higher than these than Montesi and why, why is Ozuna going so high? Because people think that he's Still think this year is an aberration yeah. and last year is the real Ozuna. Yeah. Okay. And he's closing the year really strong, I think. Yeah. But no, yeah. um, I'm with you. I'm I'm not. It, there's been too much inconsistency there at this point, and the inconsistent years have been too bad to. Buy in, and hit, buy in on him at that price. Otani just went deep for number 22. All right, let me move to the second set I've got. So these are these are pitchers. Uh, one is a pitcher for this year's second half. And then I have two others from prior years. And these are their second halves of those years. Okay. Wow, this is interesting. So, player wait, wait, A. Prior, wait, prior years, like how far back? The one is last year and one is the year before. Okay. okay. So, player A, 75 innings pitched, an 8.76K per nine, 1.80 walks per nine, a 168 ERA, a 10.1% swing strike rate. Is this uh? Um, 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 what the hell is his name? Ion. Huh? Ion? No. Who? Ion. No. No, it's... Uh... Who? Oh what team? God. It's Pat's boy. Oh, Ivaldi? Nope. No. Okay, I'm moving on. Player B. Oh, I know it. 83.1 inks pitched. 10 Ks, Ks per nine. 2.8 walks per nine, 3.01 ERA, a 10% swing strike rate. Is Blake Snow? No. Yeah. I don't know. Okay, it, player C. 72.2 innings pitched, 8.92K per nine, 1.24 walks per nine, a 3.72 ERA, a 12.1% swing strike rate. 3.72 ERA. Nick, anything? Um, these are hard. They're hard. Um, is one of them Rich Hill? No. So okay. player A is Zach Wheeler, mm. and that's his second half of this year. Mm. He's been excellent. Player B is Trevor Bauer's second half from last year. Ah. Player C is James Paxton's second half from 2016. Let's see what you're doing here. I like that. So we're drawing lines between pitchers having second half breakouts and then taking a step forward the next year. Oh, Wheeler's going to be so expensive next year. Wheeler is already expensive. What is it? 
I will let you know in just a moment. I believe he's going as a top 30 starting pitcher, though. He is very, very expensive. Well, you will we, not get all, a discount. Are we all mostly in, though? Yeah, I'm still in. I am definitely in. I think the skills are real. Yeah, it's a mechanic. And you know, here, my, right? you know my stance on injury. Um, okay, so Wheeler is 108.3. Oh, See, yo, I'm so in. I'm Hold so on. In. Okay. Let me let me tell you what pitchers are going around him because, sure. as I always say, this is not yeah yeah, yeah. It, yeah yeah the ADP doesn't really matter. It's about where the pitchers are. So Fultonevich is in front of him. Mm. Mm. Carlos Martinez is in front of him. Definitely Give me no. Wheeler. Give me yeah. Wheeler. Robbie Ray is Give behind him. Give I'm gonna Wheeler. take Wheeler as well. German Marquez. Oh. I'm taking. I'm taking... <laughs> Yikes. Oh, Joe, Joe just took a stroke on the podcast. That is tough. Oh, my God. That is extraordinarily hard. You know what? I feel comfortable with either of them, honestly. I, um, oh, God. Give um, me, go- give me the guy outside of course. Yeah, give me the exactly. Give me the guy outside of course. Just because I have to do it. Masahiro Tanaka is going behind him. I don't even have to answer this. I'm taking Tanaka. Um, I'm actually taking Tanaka too. I think. Yes. Pat, who was the very first guy that you mentioned again? Fultonevich. Yeah, Fulty is like. Who are you guys taking there? Fulty or Wheeler? Fulty's really good. Fulty. I don't know. Really They're going to be like back to back. Yeah. Um. I think I believe in Wheeler more, to be honest. Well, Wheeler's more complete. Like he's got the control down yeah, too. Yeah, yeah. Fulty's, he's got more pitches Fulty still too. Loses, Fulty still loses control, man. He's like still above three. Lost so, for nine. Joe, who are you taking, Fulty or um, Wheeler? Give me, give me Wheeler. Give me Wheeler. Are you taking Fulty or Jermon? Oh, Jermon. Pat? Yeah, give me the German. Give me the German, too. Oh, God. But, I, but, I, but you know, th- that was a crop of guys that I'm salivating over all of them, pretty much. I like all of them. Yeah, I mean, they all took big steps, and I think we should have The only guy out of that crew I was like, eh, was actually Robbie Ray. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah, he is who he is now. Yeah. Well, yeah, kind of. He's been really good. <laughs> He's been really good. All right, so my third set. So these are all current year second halves. So there's no no right. trickeration right, here. Here we go. And it's just straight second half stats. Player A, 200, and just as a hint, they're all outfielders. 230 oh. plate appearances, 13 homers, 31 runs, 27 RBIs, 274, 317, 549. Okay. Player not B. Lot, not a lot of walks. 248 plate appearances, 14 homers, 33 runs, 39 RBIs, 278, 335, 537. Okay. Player C. 247 plate appearances, 7 homers, 30 30 runs, 
31 RBIs, 295, 352, 478. Hmm. Well, the first two guys, well, they're all having good second halves. Yes. Um, One of these Puig? No. I'm going to... I'm going to guess that player C... No, Voight definitely has more than that many... No, that can't be Voight. No, it's um, not Voight. It's not Voight. Um, give me one second. Are, are, are any of them... Has the steals? Like, are any of them... Good on any of those guys, or they're all no? Because I would have included it. Okay, so they're all meh outfielders with meh steals, some good pop. Pop, yeah. Um, all right, I'll get. Thank you. Oh, uh, Piscotti. Piscotti oh, is player B. Piscotti's player B. I'm gonna guess that Stanton's one of them. No. Okay. No, too big, too big. Chapman, no. No. Sense. No. <laughs> Play outfield. Okay, player A is Randall Grichuk. Podcast oh, favorite. <laughs> and then player C is a player we've already talked about tonight, Nick Castellanos. Mm. So Castellanos has the seven homers with the good batting average. Piscotti has the 14 homers with the 278. And Grichuk has the 13 homers with the 274. Grichuk mash. So purpose behind this was to highlight, well, do you really want Castellanos at 88? Um, well, the difference is, is obviously that the Castellanos has done it like a couple of years. Like, he's had good years, and I think he's – no, he doesn't have a better hit tool than Piscotti. But, um, Piscotti is going 146.9. That's a little – that's a little high. So that's 60-some-odd picks after Castellanos. That is a little high considering that um, a lot of that has come very recently. Like and Grichuk is 171. Grichuk, wow. that's probably okay for Grichuk. I mean, he was batting below 200 at one point. What's what's Grichuk's line on the year right now? Chuck? I think after today, 25 bombs. Right around 120 runs plus RBS. It's uh, uh, 24 home runs, 242, and 104 runs. Oh, uh, that's tough. The counting is really runs tough. Are, yeah, yeah. What's, the, what's the stolen bases? No, 114, sorry. That's a stolen bases, three. Three, okay. I was close. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's not great. Yeah, but a lot of that is June 1st after. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not great. He was but, terrible in April, and then yeah, he was yeah. hurt, and That's then he came back. And since he's come back, he's been like 270 with like 23 of his homers. That's what I say. That's why I think like where he's going is first fine. Um, as far as values go, I think Piscotti makes the most sense in, in this group, but. You know where Greechuk is extremely volatile. He's a hot and cold player. And it seems like the speed, I don't know what happened to the speed in his game. I always thought he could steal more bases. The counting stats are an issue. Um, do we think Piscotti's for real? Do we yeah. Think yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I'd have to dig a little bit deeper before I say 26-plus home runs is real. But um, I still think that he's better than a 278-er. Who, Piscotti? Yeah. Yeah, me too. 
Um, so do you think that Piscotti's the, the guy you want at, as far as ADP? Well, what do we say is 140 versus uh, – it's, still, uh, it's, it's, it's still a it's lot higher. round? I thought I still thought that Piscotti would be going deep for like 175-ish. Yeah, it's the 12th round though. That's okay. It's okay, but well, I think there's some recency bias baked in there. Yeah. Like like when we talked about Otani, we were saying like ah he'll probably climb. I would bet Piscotti probably falls. Yeah, he'll probably fall. And I'll bet he's closer to where Grichuk is. His. I don't know. His ceiling is kind of capped, I think, but it's capped in a good way. Like, I mean, the power, I, I do you think he could hit over 30? I think he's got an over 30 season. in him. You think so? Yeah. I think he's got a season where he could go like 26 and hit like 290 plus. Yes. I think you know? it's I, I well see that. in the realm of possibilities. Yeah, I see yes, that. that's also in the realm of possibilities. Which is... I mean, Nick Castellanos, but 60 picks later. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of. Scotty's had, had some injuries through the years. I mean, dude, you, right? So, okay, you are the poster child for giving a guy a break when um, he's, he's had family issues in Segura, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't overlook that. I know. Right here, like, dude, yeah. you'd had like one of the hardest things Agreed. ever. So, Agreed. no, I know. So, I mean, there's reason to believe he's just he's 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 past it now. Yeah, and but, he's back I mean, on his game. But but we we were on him in the Cardinals days here. After yeah, year, and he didn't do it. The pop was kind of. Well, I mean, He was twenty-two seven stolen bases in two seventy-three two years ago. What was he? 22 home runs, seven stolen bases, and 273. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's almost exactly the same line. I'm really Without, curious. A little less than stolen bases. Checking his stat cast now. I'm really curious what his uh, velo and angle look like. Pat, in the meantime, you wanna you're done you're done with uh, blind resumes? No, I've got two more sets. All right, let's go. Okay, player A. These are pitchers. Current year, second half. Pitcher, current year, second half. So we've got 80.2 innings pitched, 8.14K per nine, 1.34 walks per nine, 50% ground ball rate, 2.34 ERA, 3.28 FIP, 3.26 XFIP. Kyle Hendricks? No. Joe, you want to venture a guess? How many innings? 80. Point two. Hmm. I got nothing. Not with that, that few walks. I can't take anyone. Okay. 79 innings pitched. This is player B. 7.86K per nine. 1.82 walks per nine. 42.9% ground ball rate. 2.16 ERA. 3.28 FIP. 3.62 X fit. Who are these control freaks? Kyle Hendricks? No. <laughs> I don't think Hendricks. And I'll just say uh, Hendricks is not on this list. Okay. Yeah, I don't think he's been that good. Um, Any other guesses? All right, time's up. Player C. 
66.1 innings pitched, 9.36 Ks per nine, 1.9 walks per nine, 48% ground ball rate, 2.44 ERA, 3.61 fit, 3.17 X fit. I want this guy. Um, I, I, I would guess German, but he's striking out like it is not German. Yeah. Um, I like I'm that. Glad, I'm glad you said that. Oh, oh wait, it's third. It's a, all right. All right. One of those. One of those guys is definitely Jack Flaherty. No. Okay, None so of those guys are Jack I've, Flaherty. I've, I've got the second half sorted by walks for nine, and there are some interesting ass names on here. So, Pat, I don't want to spoil them, so go ahead. But Okay, so player A, that's 80.2 innings, 2.34 ERA, 8.14K per nine. That's Clayton Kershaw. Mm-hmm. Player B... 79 innings pitch, 7.86K per nine, 1.82 walks per nine, 2.16 ERA is Jamison Tyone. Player C, who Nick likes so much, 66.1 innings pitch, 9.36K per nine, 1.9 walks per nine, 2.44 ERA is Luis Castillo. Can I throw one more in there while we're at it? Sure, why not? Let's have some fun with it. 68 in the third, 9.09K per nine, 1.71 walks per nine, a 3.29 ERA. A little higher. What were the walks? 1.71. Is it Andrew Heaney? It's Matthew Boyd. Ah, that Boyd is. Heaney's up here too, though somewhere. But his, his ERA is like almost five. Yeah, the ERA is bad. Um. Okay. So, really, this was a effort to highlight one Kershaw's decrease in K rate. Mm-hmm. Two Tyone's run of excellence from. Basically May on, and that with the new pitch. Um, and Luis Castillo's obscured second half dominance after a first half that was absolutely terrible. terrible. Yeah, did Castillo make any changes? Um, I did not dig that deep into yeah, the pitch data. Me, so. me neither. I'm not sure. But he, he's been so up and down this year. So well, up and down. Not lately. <laughs> well, no, yeah, this has just been up. Yeah. True, true, true. But before that, I mean, oh my goodness. I you suspect it was get. probably. I suspect it was probably a command issue, but I don't know that for sure. Yeah, I mean, March, April, May, and June, just awful whips, and then he just got a handle of it. Let's see the walks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the walks, the the walks went down. They were nine. But month by month, 9.9%, 8.6%, 7.2%, 3.6%, 4.4%, 6.4%. So second half, yeah, better control. Yeah, better control, and I suspect better command. Yeah. But, so um, what's, what's, uh, what's the ADP on Kershaw next year? 
Well, the early ADP. Let's see. The name, the name is going to carry him. So yeah, but I'm sure he finally fell out of the top. He's Scherzer's got to surpass him next year. Oh yeah. Yes, he is. Yeah, Degrom and Scherzer. Degrom, Scherzer, Sale. I don't know if Degrom is in front of him in overall, but let's see. Degrom might. Degrom (laughs) won't be because of uh, wins, right? In wins leagues. Hmm. Yeah. And I think the. I could be wrong, but I think the. The early expert drafts are well aware of Luis Castillo. Hmm. I think he may have been in that just after that range of pitchers we talked about with Marquez and Wheeler. I think he might have been just outside of that range. Okay, so Kershaw, let's see, where is he? There's there's a lot of guys to like, but there, there I mean, you've been through this, so there must be a cliff at some point. Okay, so 22.3. Is Kershaw? Is Kershaw. Hmm. He's going, he's the next, so it's Kluber, Baez, DeGrom, Kershaw. Kluber, Baez, DeGrom, Kershaw. The first pitcher after Kershaw is Nola. Uh, I I think, give me Nola, man. And then Severino. All right, I'm okay with Kershaw. I'm okay with Kershaw. Then Verlander. I want Verlander. Yeah, give me Verlander. Yeah, I think I want Verlander. Cole. But definitely definitely Kershaw over. Oh, um, see, we talked about Cole tonight. Cole's a good one. Cole's interesting. Um, oh, I think Cole. I want Cole. Yeah. Cole yeah. I'm taking Cole. Who else? Uh, Syndergaard. No, I want no, Kershaw. Yeah, Kershaw. Snell. Kershaw. Yeah, I think I still want. Yeah, give me Kershaw. Kershaw. Give me safe. safe, safe. One more. One more. Bauer. Oh. No, give me Bauer. Give me Bauer, too. Mm, still think I'm going Gershaw. Nah, I'm going Bauer. Give me Bauer, yeah. Okay. Wow. Let's, let's, that's, that's, that's interesting. We're, go, we're taking Trevor Bauer over Gershaw. I know, I know. It feels so dirty. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tyone, 87.8. Uh, we've got Flaherty, Clevenger before him. Flaherty, I'll take him over Clevenger, uh, though. Yeah, I think I'd rather have Flaherty, but I think... Oh, Clevenger, that's tight. It's tight. Mm, put a gun to my head, I'll say Tyone. Uh, afterwards, Charlie Morton. Tyone. Yeah, I'm okay with Tyone. Berrios. Definitely Tyone. Tyone. Fulton Evich. Fulty. I think. God, well, maybe not. Maybe not, maybe not, maybe not. I, I, yeah, the walks. Tyone. Tyone's been excellent. Tyone has all the makings of a future ace. Like, yeah. I think Tyone is going to go on a run like Jordan Zimmerman did pre being bad. Pre being bad. But we do like, but we do like Faldi. <laughs> we do all like Faldi. Who, where's Castillo's going? Okay. So Castillo is 118. So you're going to see there's almost no discount here. Um, so Carlos Martinez, Zach Wheeler. Robbie oh, Ray, yeah. German Marquez. Mm, yeah, yeah, this group. Luis Castillo. What's, what was Martinez's line that he fell so much? Joe, just the been walks. He's hurt. And just the walks. He's, got he's wild. He's. Yeah, but I yeah. love that price on Carlos Martinez. Listen, I know you guys do not like no, him. No, 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 no. Yeah, yeah. Especially, price. especially in a league without Cato walks. I mean, dude. 
you don't get killed by it. I mean, sure, the whip might be high, but you don't get crushed. Yeah, and it's not this bad. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah, so so guys, after Castillo, Tanaka. Tanaka, right? Yeah, Tanaka, yeah, definitely. Okay. Archer. Oh, give me Castillo. Castillo, not quote. Think, give me Castillo. So out on Archer. Erod. Castillo. Castillo. I think I'd rather have Castillo too, but I do like Erod. Castillo's upside though. Kyle Hendricks. Oh, definitely Castillo. Give me um, Hendricks. That's tough. I'm going with. I'm going with Castillo. Okay, I'm gonna give you guys one more just because I'm curious to see where you are on him. You. Darvish. Yeah. Oh, Castillo, not close. No, give me you. <laughs> you love these guys. <sighs> Dude, the injury discount is I know, I know. amazing. This is you. This is you. Yo, so, I'm okay. Okay, let's let's roll the dice. Give me what, you. On you? Yeah. Give me you. <laughs> Do it live. All right, I got one more set of guys. Let's uh. And then we're then we're gonna do playoff predictions. All right, we'll just we'll just for fun. Real quick, yeah. All right, so player A, 211 plate appearances, four Wait, homers. Oh, this is all guys that have struggled in the second half. God, why can't we just do a full year? Go right. go. Player A, 211 plate appearances, four homers, 20 runs, 21 RBIs, seven steals, 11.8 percent walks walk percentage. Uh, 22.3% K percentage, a 186-284-311-slash-186-284-311-slash-186-284-311-slash-186-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286-284-311-slash-286
sort of lukewarm on Albies last week when we talked about him. Does this make you even more cool looking at what he's done lately or No. I'm I'm not I'm not lukewarm on Albies. I wasn't I wasn't lukewarm on Albies. I um You said that his year wasn't that good. His year wasn't that good. But I'm talking about like next year. Like that's that's why I'm, am I am I lukewarm on him going into next year? No, I really like the player next year. Um, go Nick, ahead. Nick, are, are you over under 20 home runs for Albies next year? I'm over. What's the what's the number? Um, what's the over under number where you're like, I gotta think. He, I I I truly think he's gonna develop into a very Lindor-esque player, which is going to scratch the 30 home run surface and maybe eclipse it um, because of that swing. That swing is long and strong. That late kick is crazy. Um, but next year, I think he'll be like uh, – I'll be conservative and say 23, but it's in a, he's going to get a major, major, major uptick in steals. Major. I don't know – like I said, like I said, the first half of this year when he was crushing, he was not getting on first base. I wish I had those stats because all he was doing was hitting doubles and home runs and triples. So um, next year when he does level out and get get to first more, his his stolen base total is going to be like at least thirty next year, in my opinion. If, I'm bet- if I had to put a projection on it, I would say like thirty-five. The discount on Dozier is going to be insane. Yeah. It is. It's not. Really? It's not as much as you would think. Well, what do you think it is? Uh, that's, the, that's the real. What's the, what's, the, what's the full stat line right now? It's not good. I don't know the full okay, well, year stat line. Let well, let's see. Right? The year the year after he, he completely exploded in the second half, he was going in like the eighth or seventh round. And then after, after, oh. after that year, right? So this year, he was going what in like round four. So, I I can't imagine he's before 120. So he's he, right now. All right. So on the year, he's 20 home runs, 12 steals, 215 average, 304 OBP. Is he inside 120? That I'm trying to find him. Hold on. Yeah, I know. I'm I'm putting you on the spot. And just so just so everyone knows, yes, he is. This is this is this just your league or the averages? No, this is the average of the okay. two early mocks. Okay. Um, Brian Dozier's average ADP, according to the two early mocks, is eighty-five point eight. Wow. So not much. Not He's much. Still expensive. Not much. Hmm. Pat, are you in at that price though? Still, yeah, right. Um, no. Oh, Dozier's biggest fan abandoning. That's a tough pill to swallow. That's a lot of. He is, that's a lot of faith. Yeah. And yes, that's part of it. Man. Yeah. So even if the power comes back, you don't know if the speed will. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. And uh, speed that's... is and speed is so situational. So yeah. I mean, if he goes to a team that doesn't want him to run, yikes! Yeah, because like you said, Nick, I mean, like those those ten to fifteen steals really can make a player, yep. especially when they're only going to hit like 
to 60 in the best case. And now you've seen the downside. <laughs> so it's it's really tough. Surprise he's going that high. Yeah, I mean I I become interested probably around pick 110. And 85 is just ugh, it's too rich for my blood. Yeah. So going around him is Matt Chapman, who is oh, extremely give expensive. Give me Matt Chapman. Yeah, give me Matt Chapman. 84.6. That's very expensive. I know. But... Um, JT Real Muto. Give me Real Muto, without a doubt. Encarnacion, Castellanos, Aguilar. Yeah. yeah. Yep. yep, yep, yep. Okay. So we're in agreement that that's a little high. Let's see what Albies is going at. Mm-hmm. Just for the sake of conversation. Let's see. Sure. I suspect. It's going to be expensive. Yep. Yeah, it's got to be expensive, I would think. I'm thinking like top top 50. Yeah, I, I think so, because I can't find him. Definitely Let's top see. 50. 41.9. So that's where wow. Brandon was going last year. He's going, he's going point... Wow. He's going point two in front of Whit Merrifield. Wow. Yeah, give me Whit. I'd rather have Whit. Yeah. Wow. Um, other guys Wait. in his neighborhood. Rizzo, Smell, oh. Oh. Cole, oh. Bauer. Yeah. Stop. Bellinger. This is elite. After him, Merrifield, Hoskins, Syndergaard, Springer, Carrasco, Vado. No one yet. I take. I take. All right, let's just keep going. Suarez. Nope. Bogarts. Yes. Um. Give me Bogarts. Uh, Actually, give me Albies. Yeah, it's really close. Give me Albies. It's close. It's close. Close. It's the closest one yet. And just for fun, Vlad Jr. Over Albies? Yeah. Albies. Yeah, I think give me Albies, but I mean, that's... Give me this season. That's no. close. I'm probably going to be eating my words next year, but give me a guy that has a year under his belt. Yeah, I'm taking Albies. <laughs> okay, and then let's just do Elvis Andrus, just to round <laughs> it out. Oh, God. We don't even have to. We yeah, yeah, we don't have to. Elvis Andrus, 139.5. Wow. Let me see middle infielders that are around him. Rugnet Odor is going about a round ahead of him. Give me Odor. I don't want either. To take the bullet. Give me Odor, though. (laughs) Take the bullet. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely give me Odor. Ahmed Rosario. Rosario. Yeah. Yohan Mancata. Definitely Mancata. Yeah, Mancata. Oh, the battle of pain. Yeah. Andrus or Jonathan Scope. Oh, my God. Uh, Give me Scope. Give me yeah, Scope. I, uh, it's actually not that close. Give me Scope. Joe's trying to not be the Elvis Andrus guy anymore. No, yo, <laughs> Andrus stinks. That's not what you said earlier this year. That's not what you said. Oh, you. <laughs> All right, let's do some playoff predictions quick. Yeah. Joe, give me yep. your AL... 
wild card playoff, then your divisional round, your ALCS, and then move it to the NL, followed by your World Series. Oh, my God. All right. Well, the, the playoff is whoever's home um, is who I'm taking. Uh, you have to make a pick. Sure. I'll say I'll say uh, I'll say Oakland. Um, so Boston versus Oakland. Uh, I'm taking Boston. Cleveland versus Houston. I'm gonna stick with Houston. It'll be that'll go five though. Um, let's just round out off the AL first, and then Boston and Houston. Oh, um, non-biased. I know it's tough. The, the pitching depth of Houston is immense. The lineup in Boston is crazy. Um, oh, it's so hard. I don't want to seem biased, but I want to say Houston because of the pitching depth. So then say Houston. Yeah, so Houston. Um, and then the NL... Oh, my God. who Who's even playing right now? Um, the Braves, like I said... Uh, so the wild card, uh, Dodgers and Rockies. Um, give me the Dodgers. Well, who's uh, gonna win the NL West? Oh yeah, shoot. Um, all right, so Dodgers are gonna win the NL West, and then it'll be the Rockies and Brewers, right? Yeah, Rockies and Brewers for the wild card. Um, give me the Brewers. Uh, nice. The so then the the divisional round will be. The Cubs and the Brewers and the Braves and the Dodgers. I'll take the Dodgers over the Braves and I'll take the Cubs over the Brewers. Um, and then I think the Dodgers still find a way to crawl back in. Um, so I guess I'm looking at a rematch. Dodgers, Houston? <laughs> yeah. Ew. Um, Yucky. Pat, what are yours? Okay, um, I've got Oakland versus the Yankees, and I'm taking Oakland. Okay. Then in the divisional round, it is Boston versus Oakland. I will take Boston. Cleveland versus Houston, I will take Houston. And I'm going to take Houston in the ALCS as well because I think the pitching wins out over the hitting. The NL wild card – I've got the Cubs and the Rockies, so I've got Milwaukee catching and going past the Cubs. Um, so give me the Cubs over the Rockies. Then give me Milwaukee over the Cubs. Nice. The Dodgers over Atlanta. The Brewers over the Dodgers. Wow, nice. Yes. And then Houston over the Brewers Ooh. in the World Series. I like it. Um, all right, so I'm going a different direction here. Um, and I'm, this is gonna, this is gonna be non-biased, guys. You're gonna be shocked sure. by it. Yeah. As a Yankee fan, I am very petrified of these A's. <laughs> you so should petrified. be. They're so, so petrified. Hot. It's crazy. But but if they don't, if we, how many more games are left? Four now. Okay. I think. So, four or five. All right. So four or five games. If we if we hold this lead, which we should, and we have home field, I'm taking the Yankees. Um, That's what I said. Yeah, I so, but but I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna go with the Yankees anyway. Sure. Um, so Yankees win the wild card. Um, Yankees Boston. I'm going Yankees. They can beat Boston. I'm okay yeah. with that. I'm going. Yeah, I'm they going. can beat Boston. I'm going Yankees. Um, it's it's 
one of those. I actually rare, think they will beat Boston. Yeah, we will beat Boston. It's one of yeah. those rare times where we're the underdog. But I think Oakland's going to beat you, so I don't think it's yeah. going to Okay, well, whatever. All right, all right let me finish. Sure. Um, Cleveland, Houston, this is where I differ. I think it, I think this is Cleveland's year all the way. That's okay, so too. I'm going, I, think, I think any of these are possible. I think uh, yeah. whoever wins that divisional series is going to win it. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So I think it's going to be uh, Cleveland versus the Yankees, and I think Cleveland just that rotation, yeah, that lineup. They have the they, they've they've got they've got they've they've got the lineup that is like a, it's just a fantasy. It's a dream. That lineup is a dream. Although you could say Houston's lineup is better. I don't know. Just Lindor, Ramirez. No, I don't think it's, this it's, year it's they are. Ridiculous. I think they're they're longer, but I don't know if they're better. Yeah. Um, so I have uh, I have Cleveland going to the AL World Series, which will sure. be fun, which will be sure. really fun. Um, in the West, uh, the West, uh, the, I'm sorry, the West, the NL, the NL is is I mean, it is tough. It is really <laughs> it is really tough. But I'm with Pat, and I'm going with this. I'm gonna say that. Um, well, not I'm not with Pat, but I'm, I'm gonna say this. That the I'm a pet. I'm not a pet. No, I'm not a pet. I do this. So I'm trying to figure out how how this bracket works, though, real quick. So uh, Milwaukee's in in the wild card with either the Rockies or the Dodgers, probably with the potentially the Cardinals. Could be the the Rockies with the Rockies or the Dodgers. I'm gonna or the Cardinals. What's and what's the what's the what's the NL West? Um. The Rockies are up right now, as by, of right right now, a half a game, I think. Um, one of them might have a doubleheader, maybe left. Okay. Let me, let me look. No, I right. think one of them plays tomorrow and one of them doesn't. Okay, that must be it. So, I'm going to say that Milwaukee beats um, Dodgers in the wild card game. Dodgers are knocked out early. Uh, so that the Cubs would be playing the, the Braves? Cubs are playing, yep. I'm taking the Braves. Okay. Um, Braves beat – I think it's going to be a Braves-Cleveland World Series. I can't I – can't, I'm, I'm seeing double. I think it's going to be Braves versus uh, – Cleveland, and it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm okay with the AO going that way. I just, I think the Braves are actually the one team that has the, the Braves have the slimmest chance. I, I'm just not a fan of youth in the playoffs. Um, I think, I think it's just hard. But you're forgetting about Nick Markakis. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> He's not young, but um, no, I, I, I want to root for the Atlanta Braves because I just love them and I call them out to be really good this year. But um, I would love to see Cleveland Milwaukee. That would be friggin' awesome. I just think Josh Hader is going to have one of those. You could see it, like Andrew Miller esque runs through the playoffs. Yeah, but who's going to have the starting pitcher run? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Cleveland had the pitchers. Yeah, that's why I still like LA the best because I think they have the depth. I know, but who wants to see LA? I know, God. I know. I, I mean, I, I mean, 
I don't want to, but no. let's go Rocky. Milwaukee is Milwaukee has modeled themselves after those royal teams. Like they're trying to be the Kansas City Royals from a few years ago, so much so that they've even traded for all of their good players. <laughs> <laughs> they've got Mustakis, they've got Kane. They are Kansas City North, and they are going to absolutely shock everybody this postseason. I, I really hope so. Yo, they have a ridiculous lineup. And their pen is really good. Yeah, their pen's really Dude, good. Can we please make a podcast pack that if they go to the World Series, we go to Miller? No way. No not, way, dude. No way. <laughs> Why? That's I'm not gonna... going to Milwaukee in October dude, or November. Miller. <laughs> <laughs> no way all right are we signing off yes we're gonna sign off again guys we will be we will be switching home fields soon um in the next few weeks follow us on twitter to get the latest updates but we will probably be keeping the same feed so you do not have to do anything as of right now with your podcast subscription if you are subscribed and you can find me on Twitter at PatrickFWO. Guys, let them know where they can find you. Joe FWO. You can find me at Nick FWO. And thanks so much for listening. We will see you guys in a few weeks. Thanks again. And good luck if you're in your championship. Yeah, good luck, Beej. Peace out. <laughs> this is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs, introducing the new Firehouse Pub Steak Sub with savory steak, crispy fried onions, and our rich Belgian beer cheese sauce. On tap for a limited time. Order yours at firehousesubs.com today. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs will donate a minimum of $1 million in 2018 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.13% of every purchase.